Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Game Talk Radio. I'm Greg, and today we've got a couple of stories, and then I want to go into my uh, live stream that I did over the weekend and kind of talk about uh, my accomplishments and things I did over that, uh, some of the, the money we raised and everything. But first story I want to get into right away, hitting the ground running, uh, will be that it was announced recently that Sony will start turning your PlayStation trophies into real cash. Okay, that's that's awesome, right? So out of nowhere, they kind of came with this announcement. Um, and so what it has to do is it has to do with the, uh, uh, let's see here, uh, their, their um, rewards program. So they have a rewards program where, you know, if you spend so much money on the PlayStation Store, you get a percentage back. Uh, if you have, like, their credit card, you can get, mo- you can get like, money vouchers back on the store, stuff like that. Well, with this reward program... Uh, they allow you to grant, uh, excuse me, they will grant you 100 points for 100 silver trophies, 250 points for 25 gold trophies, and 1,000 points for 10 platinum trophies. Now, the way the breakdown is, is that every 1,000 points you can trade in for a $10 coupon on the PlayStation Store. Now, again, you can also trade in those points for other things, but this is what's actually pertaining to like real cash at this point, because you've always, you've always been able to use points that you accrue by doing different things on the store for prizes as part of the reward program. But now they're straight up saying, well, now you can use the trophies to earn points. And then once you have the trophies earned, then you can convert those into PlayStation dollars. So the PSN, um, $10 coupon. So that sounds really cool. And actually, I've been saying this for a long time with uh, when it comes to trophies is that I'm not much of an achievement hunter myself. I never have been. I, I never got the appeal of just grinding out these really tedious and monotonous chores just to have a platinum trophy. And a lot of people like it. Totally cool. It's just not my thing. I just never have been. I mean, I whenever I get a trophy, I always think, like, oh, that's cool. And I really like how, you know, PlayStation, you know, would have notes on, oh, this is a really rare trophy. Oh, this is a super rare trophy. Like knowing the percentages of who got those trophies, also very cool. But I never looked at it as a way to say, oh man, I've got to play this game for another 20 hours to get a platinum trophy. Even though I know a lot of people that do that. So this is really cool. This is just a way for people to be able to earn trophies and then turn them in. Now, the only downside, my understanding to this is, is that it does not count trophies already earned. So if you are one of the people that would really truly benefit from this, might have 40, 50 to 100 platinum trophies. Unfortunately, you have to earn them since the program has started. So you can't have banked a bunch of trophies. Now, for someone like me, this is actually kind of funny because I've got a lot of trophies, but not a lot of platinums. So I could go through and start platinum all these old games and earning it easier than the people that have already platinum them. So that's kind of a bummer. I, I It's disappointing because it is a really cool idea. And if they somehow could have you know, I don't know why they can't quite frankly, like look at your account and say, Hey, you've got this many trophies. You can trade, you could trade in, you know, all these trophies for whatever. Um, again, I don't know how the system quite is going to work. There's not a lot of details surprisingly around it, but this one, uh, it was like a really good idea. I think that they stumbled a little bit and obviously going forward, everyone's going to appreciate it. And it's super cool. But for all the people that are massive platinum trophy hunters already, Eh, kind of sucks for them that none of this stuff is backlogged. But it, it was it, even still, it was just an interesting idea about how because this this is something that I talked about. Instead of season passes, instead of DLC, achievements and trophies were almost the original way that was designed to keep people playing their games longer. Like DLC is also that. Like a lot of these things were 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 programs that were designed to keep people playing games longer. So DLC, well, how do you get people not to sell your games and have them become used games? It's because you, sorry, my cat's walking all over the stupid counter. So uh, they, they keep you playing the game and they keep games out of the used market because they're giving you more content to play. That was always the idea of DLC. How can we hurt used game sales? Because we don't want people selling our game. We want people playing our game. So if we release more content, then people will, keep playing the same old game they won't sell it right away which is accurate except now they've turned it into an extra revenue stream where it's just automatic that every game has to have dlc as opposed to a really good game that could be complete or or a good game that has downloadable content later that would be free which some games still do that but for the most part dlc is 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 a revenue creator so that was one of the big ones was dlc then you move into another one of the big ones which is 
the trophies and achievements. So trophies and achievements were a way to say, hey, you know, this person's playing this game, they beat it, but we're giving them points if they keep playing it. So they're going to keep the game longer in theory, and they're going to keep trying to, you know, they're not going to sell the game until they have the most points they can get out of it. And that's how it kind of started. Like, that was the idea. That was the thought behind it. And and obviously, like, trophies and achievements are something like, it's almost like the old casino stuff. Like, it, it gives you a positive feeling when you get one. So, you know, it makes people want to keep getting them. And, and so this was one of my the original ideas I always thought that was just like DLC. Like, forget the used market. People won't sell their games, but they're going to want to keep the games that they are earning these trophies in. And... So while I still believe that, now it's just kind of turned into something else. And and unfortunately, I never fully believed that the trophy system and the achievement system was f- implemented well. Especially in the early days of the achievements, there's some sports games out there that you can get every achievement in the game by playing one game. Like one basketball game put on like auto play, and you don't even have to play the game and you'll earn every achievement in the game. So there, there were ways that people were trying to sneak around it. Honestly, a lot of that stuff was most likely an afterthought. Quite, you know, quite honestly, like like when they announced the achievement system, they were working on all these games for the, the current generation back then, so for the 360. And then they were like, oh, man, we have to add these achievements in. Uh, Here we go. Or there was maybe one guy in the team who's like, hey, you're in charge of achievements. So, you know, figure out achievements and make it work. And that was in the early days of not understanding really the point of achievements, which was to uh, make your gameplay longer. The idea is to keep you playing the game longer. And <laughs> so... It, it was really rough in the early days with with kind of the crappy quality of the achievements. And then it got better, and then it started getting to where they were challenges. And this is what I liked about achievements. Like, if you did something kind of ridiculous, then you got a trophy for it. One of the ones I remember getting a trophy for in, in uh, Borderlands was jumping on an enemy to kill it. And you do, like, no damage when you jump on an enemy, so you had to, like, shoot an enemy down to almost no life then jump off a rock and jump on its head and try to get this uh, trophy. I thought it was cool. It was hidden. I, I ended up having to look up how to find it because it was a hidden trophy and never knew how to do it. And uh, so I played it and I thought, oh, this is really this is really funny. And I did it and it's cool. And then, uh, but it was hidden and it was kind of like, well, I, I like discovering this stuff on my own because sometimes I'll play a game. <clears throat> sometimes I'll play a game and... I, I'll do something that I find is pretty miraculous, and I'm like, man, I should have got a trophy for that, or I should have got an achievement for that, just because I felt it was something kind of cool and, and off the wall. And so then uh, then achievements and trophies started going through like this kind of rough phase where also people didn't really know what was going on. So you also had games, and, and this is the early day stuff too, like the like the sports games, but you had games like Gears of War where you had to get so many online multiplayer kills to get a trophy or to get an achievement, I should say. And you're like, well, I can't play that long. Like, it was seriously like you had to play months online in a row. Not in a row, but obviously months online just to get this trophy or this achievement. And it was like, it was grueling. And very few people, I think, did it because of how long you had to play. And then people started doing like, oh, let's set up lobbies and let's just like do anything we can to kind of cheat the system because we want this achievement. And there's no like reasonable way to get it. And again, though, that was meant to say, well, hey, people are going to have to keep this game and keep playing it online, right? Because if you have to get, what was it on Gears? I want to say it was like 5,000 online kills or something. So it took people forever, but it was, that was the idea. You keep the game, you keep playing it. So was it actually a mistake on their part? No. I mean, they could have tweaked it probably for users' sake, but they wanted people to keep playing that game online and quite frankly it's a smart idea to get people to keep playing online but trophies like that are pretty abrasive or achievements like that I should say are are pretty abrasive so you don't you know you don't want to piss off your customers either because then they'll quit playing it if they if they think it's too far out of reach then they won't do it they won't play it so so you know then you went through this phase of well let's start putting trophies and achievements into just beating the game will get you most of the trophies and then we'll throw in a couple extra ones and then you have some games that have like oh we have five different difficulties well you have to beat the game on every difficulty oh my god so i have to beat the game five times to like get a uh, uh, an achievement or a trophy no thanks and so a lot of, so the trophies and achievements have had like a rocky relationship with with me specifically and i'll even talk to people that are uh, trophy hunters or achievement hunters and they'll flat out say like oh this one was awful oh was so stupid what i had to do but i did it I'm like, well, were you even having fun playing the game at that point? 
I, you know, and, and so I was, I, I never got swept up in the, in the, um, in the achievements and trophies hype. It was just never my thing, which I'm fine with. Like, I still like it. I like getting them, but I just beat South Park last night and I'm not going to, I don't know. I just beat South Park last night. I'm not going to hunt for all the trophies and achievements. I just don't care. I, I really don't. Like, I beat the game. Time to move on. So, uh, you know, so so nowadays you're starting to also have them adding trophies. This is this is the, the double ding, super ding. You have them adding trophies to DLCs. <laughs> so, thankfully, Sony still allows you to get the platinum trophy by playing just the original game. So, they, they require that. So, you get the platinum trophy, you can platinum a game, and then they come out with DLC. Then all of a sudden you look at the game list and it says, oh, you've got a platinum trophy but you've only got 70% of the trophies. And you're like, what? I have to get 100% trophies to get a platinum. So how do I only... Oh, the DLC added a bunch. Now I have to go back to the DLC, play it for fun, and then play it a bunch <laughs> because I want to get that 100% again. And again, it's all it's all part of the game. It's all part of It's all part of how they keep you playing. It's all part of that sort of mind trick where it's, oh, it's like, like the, the OCD and the, the, I want to have the completionist people like, I want to have everything completed. So I'll play this game until I do it. It's not bad for what they do. I just wish that a lot of the DLC was free that they did that with, but I understand it costs money to create that DLC. It's fine. It's just, I never liked the idea of having to, you, when you buy something like that, and then also have to keep grinding and grinding away and not having fun at the game just because you're trying to get that. But that's all up to us. Like I said, I choose not to do it. And some people do, uh, so that's kind of my rant about the uh, the PlayStation um, rewards allowing you to get money off of your trophies. It's actually really cool. I mean, all, all, all things aside, you know, kind of describing what all that stuff was just there, my long-winded uh, response basically is that this is really cool. I'm, I'm very happy that Sony decided. I, I actually always said this. I said trophies and achievements would be cool if they somehow could turn around into real money. I said that back on the 360 and PS3 days. I was like, well, yeah, if you could just if you could just introduce a system where for every platinum trophy I got, you know, I got a, like, I guess technically you'd say you got a dollar, which is what they're doing now. For every platinum trophy you got a dollar on the PlayStation Store, that'd be awesome. I mean, that makes total sense to me. Now, again, you have to be part of the PlayStation Rewards program. It's not just automatically done for you. It's something you have to, like, register for, I believe, and, and sign up for it. Uh, but it's cool, so go out and do it. I think it's really neat, and I hope that Microsoft looks at that and does the same thing. If they aren't already, they might actually already be. I, I'm unfortunately very unfamiliar with Xbox products. I typically am a PlayStation guy, especially when I play online games and single-player games. I rarely, very rarely, rarely, rarely play my Xbox, even though the Xbox One X drops today which uh, I'm actually going to pick up as soon as I'm done recording this podcast <laughs> so I can go get mine that I'll hook up and never use. But it is what it is. So anywho, uh, that is Sony and their take on paying you money just for playing their games. Um, so then really quickly, um, I want to talk about, not really quickly, actually, we got a lot of stuff to talk about here. So I want to talk about BlizzCon 2017. So over the weekend, a lot of stuff was going on, but over the weekend, uh, we had... BlizzCon 2017, and then we had, of course, our extra live stream, and we got GameSpot auto-playing videos. Thanks a lot. <clears throat> um, and you have, uh, so we had extra life going on. Extra life 2017. We had BlizzCon, which is, if you don't know, that's uh, Activision Blizzard's huge weekend-long event where they talk about everything Blizzard-related. So they they drop the newest announcements about World of Warcraft, Diablo, Starcraft, and Hearthstone, Heroes of the Storm, all that stuff. So they they do like a convention that you can go to. Uh, I've never been to one. Same with like QuakeCon. It's just never been my thing to go to these very specialized ones. Not that I wouldn't go. Like it was actually. I don't know, actually sounds kind of cool, like I'd like to go, but I wanted to hit on all the things they announced there, and maybe a few of the things that they didn't announce that I was kind of bummed out that they didn't get to, but uh, so we had uh, BlizzCon 2017, so I'm going to kind of start with the things I find less important, and then go into the things that I find more important as we get to the bottom. Uh, so firstly, they talked about Hearthstone, and they're coming out with a new expansion, which has a new single player mode, which is free called Dungeon Run, and I, honestly, I don't play Hearthstone, uh, I know it's a card a card battling game, and uh, it it looks okay, I guess, so anyway, they're, they're still supporting it, it is, uh, I think it's free to play, but I think you have to buy cards or something, I don't know, I don't know anything about Hearthstone, I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I do, but, you know, I guess people are excited for it, I don't, I, it doesn't do anything for me at all, uh, then they went in to talk about Heroes of the Storm, which they announced that Hanzo 
from Overwatch is going to be a new hero, and Alexstrasza from Warcraft is going to be a new hero as well. So if you don't know what Heroes of the Storm is, it's basically Blizzard's take on a MOBA. So if you don't know what a MOBA is, <laughs> it's it, those are games like Dota 2 uh, and League of Legends. So those are the big ones. And then obviously there are games like Smite, but Smite plays differently. But you really think League of Legends and Dota 2. Of those two games, um, you know, so Blizzard does kind of what Blizzard's always done their whole career, which is they look at a, a popular franchise series, like a type of game, and they try to make a better version of it. So Heroes of the Storm is their take on MOBAs. Uh, personally, I'm also not really a fan of this game. I have played this quite a bit, though. Like, I understand this game, and I've played it a lot. It's just not my thing. I, I, I don't know why... I don't know if it's the real-time strategy angle and view that I don't like or what it is, but the game feels incredibly slow to me. Um, the only MOBA I really like is Smite because it felt like WoW's PvP, like it felt like an action game. And so I've played Heroes of the Storm. In fact, I played for about an hour or so on my stream on Saturday. And uh, so anyway, uh, Heroes of the Storm, it's a fine game. A lot of people love it. People could argue it's their favorite MOBA. It doesn't have traditional MOBA things in it, though, like like um, resource management with uh, buying items and, and doing different things. It's a very simplified version of a MOBA. But again, it's free, like most MOBAs are. Um, and then they have what I guess you'd call microtransactions because you basically have to buy all the heroes. The only thing I never liked about Heroes of the Storm that I liked about Smite was in the very beginning of Smite, I paid 20 bucks and I had access to every hero for all time. I wish that Heroes of the Storm would have offered something like the same, where for 30 or 40 or I guess even maybe 60 bucks if you wanted to get that high, you could just get access to all the heroes. I don't like, I like the, how you can work through the game and earn the heroes, but I don't like how you have to buy hero packs because you're spending way more than $60, which is why they do it, but you're spending way more than $60 over the course of trying to pick up all these heroes. Unless you play it a ton and you get them all for free, which is totally possible. And I give them respect for, for that model because they could have not done it that way, or they could have made it even more abrasive where you couldn't earn it. But it is a free-to-play game that you can essentially unlock everything if you just play it all the time. But I would have liked to have just paid like 50 bucks and just had the game, all the heroes unlocked all the time. And when a new hero comes out, I just get them. Because I, I, I was as I play the game, I find heroes I like. And then I just feel like I can't. Well, there's two. it's twofold. One, I find heroes I'd like to try, but I don't own them, so I can't. And then two... Uh, there's the idea that, and, and this is kind of MOBAs in general, not just Heroes of the Storm, but they don't reward you for mastering one character. Like one, like I, I play a game like this. I look at a game like this with all these characters. and I'd like to say, I'm going to pick this one guy who I'm really good with. And I'm going to destroy with that guy. Not saying that I don't play the other characters so that I understand their moves and their shortcomings. Like that's smart knowing your opponent, but I don't want to play a game where like, just I randomly pick a different character depending on a scenario. You know, and, and, and Overwatch is like that, but you can switch Overwatch mid-game as opposed to in Heroes of the Storm, you're locked in for the entire match as that character. So I feel like, and I just don't, I don't like a game where I feel like I have to be chasing different characters all the time. I In Smite, I play Anubis, and I'm really good with Anubis, and I I feel like I crush people with Anubis, but that's because I play him all the time. I don't so much anymore, but I did. I only really played him and I mastered him. Not saying that I shouldn't play someone else and master them too, so that I have some variety, but I, I wish that that game would, would benefit people that just chose one character to crush with. And when you play games like that competitively, there's, there's a point where people can actually scrub certain f heroes out of the fight, and then you can't even be that guy. So again, that's more my complaint on MOBAs in general, but they're fun series. Like I like Smite. I played it a lot. And uh, Heroes of the Storm, I just find to be a little bit boring, unfortunately. And, and I wish I didn't because um, a lot of my friends and my brothers play the hell out of it and they love it. And I wish I could enjoy it like they do because I just, I want to. It'd be so much fun to play with those four and me. And then the five of us just go on kicking ass in, in a game all the time. But it's just, to me, it's just boring, unfortunately. And it, it bums me out. I wish I liked it. Like, I wish I could force myself to like it, but I can't. Uh, they're also talking about um, balance changes and other stuff like that uh, as it refers to Heroes of the Storm. So then they kind of move down to Overwatch, which is another game I play, but I also find incredibly, I don't know how to say this without sounding rude, and I'm not trying to sound pretentious, but I, f I feel it's very overhyped. I think the game's fun. I have no problem with the game. I don't see how people could play it 
like 10 hours a day, every day of the week. I, I don't see the appeal there. Um, but I thought it was fine. You know, I liked the game. I actually thought it was really fun. I beta tested it and thought it was really cool. I just, I don't know what draws people into it so much. Um, but anyway, they announced a new Overwatch map that's a Blizzard theme park. So they're, uh, it's basically, it's it's got like a themed areas around Warcraft, Starcraft, and other Blizzard properties. They announced a new Overwatch hero called Moira, the DPS healer. It's a new hybrid character revealed that has ties to Reaper's past. So they're still trying to flesh out this story that put uh, HodgePodge and all these characters together. Um, they released a new short for... Uh, which is a Blizzard animation focusing on Reinhardt's character, which I have not watched yet, which I want to. I try to watch them all. Uh, sometimes I enjoy them and sometimes I don't. Like, I really enjoyed the... Uh, oh, my God, what's his name? I'm, I'm totally blanking out all of a sudden, but, like, the uh, Bastion. So Bastion, the robot guy, his short I thought was incredible. But then I watched the, uh, the Hanzo and the Genji ones. I think it was the Hanzo one. And it was, like, this really overtly caricatured voice actor doing like a Japanese accent and it just like I should have loved everything about that video because it's samurais cyborg ninjas J uh, Japanese culture you know like all these things together I normally would have loved but for some reason it just felt offensive to me and I'm not Japanese so I don't I, it was cringy to me I guess is the best way to say it. I cringed at like the overly bad voice acting uh I didn't uh, I didn't hate the um God, I'm I'm just totally spacing all the characters this morning. But the uh, uh, May 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 not it's not Mailing. I think that's Metal Gear. But May. Um, so they had her backstory where she's like on the the tower and it's frozen. I mean that was fine. I, I didn't I don't care much for that character. So I you know it was whatever. Um, but yeah. So anyway, you know they, they talked about that a new short with Reinhardt. So I want to watch that. Still try it out. Uh, they're working on new Overwatch skins based on Diablo and StarCraft and other Blizzard games. So they're really just turning every Blizzard property into a mixed mashup of all their properties, apparently. Um, uh, and then they talk about they they had the Overwatch World Cup and you got to watch who won that. Uh, and so that was pretty cool. If you're into esports, personally, I'm not really much into watching a lot of esports. Uh, I like watching Rocket League, uh, and that's about it. Uh, so then they talked about StarCraft 2, and you're like, StarCraft 2? Well, what could you possibly have to say about StarCraft 2? Because it's been out forever, and what... StarCraft 2 is going free-to-play. So that's pretty cool, I guess. Like, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they're like, hey, because I think a lot of people that play StarCraft 2 are playing the arcade modes. Um, and so they want to make this game as, like, another accessible property, and they want to kind of push it out there. So uh, beginning sometime this month, players will be able to play through StarCraft 2 Wings of Liberty campaign and co-op mode for no cost. So that's cool. Um, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know why they decided to do that, but I guess it's cool. I mean, if, if they aren't selling any more copies and they're not making any more expansions, why not just give it away for free and get people playing, get people into the universe, you know, get people into, I mean, get people to download the blizzard launcher. All these things are cross promotion for all their games. So anything you can get people to play will, will open up doors to other of your franchises, which they might pay and get locked into. So they're, they're really just trying to keep you in their cycle of games. And then this is probably the biggest announcement that uh, that I thought there. Um, well, there's two. Sorry. So the, the first one is they announced a new World of Warcraft expansion, um, which, yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's cool. Um, they, uh, I'm trying to find here. Um, yeah, okay, so they announced a new expansion. So this one was, it's called The Battle for Azeroth. So as always, yep, they're gonna try autoplay video again. Um, so as always, um, at BlizzCon, about a year after another expansion has dropped, they announced the new expansion. Most likely, it'll come out sometime next year, like next summer, late next summer. Like it's kind, of, they're on, they're on like a path. Like every two years, they do a new expansion. No problem, totally cool. I thought that the last one, Legion, was probably the best expansion they've ever made. Um, in a long time. Uh, I would still argue that Wrath of the Lich King was still my favorite, but that has more to do with me liking the classic style of gameplay, but also having having them start to add these new things like um, instanced areas and changing. Like, like that, that was a really revolutionary expansion. Everything after Wrath, I felt, was very kind of lame and, and uninspired uh, and, and downright cringy when it came to Miss of Pandaria. Again, for their caricature version of, of Chinese uh, and Japanese accents. But so then, uh, 
<laughs> you start talking about uh, Legion was a great comeback. So it's like, okay, so the Legion's back, the demons are invading, you go to a new area, and it's like, I mean, it just felt epic. You know, it felt like you were a part of this epic war. Where do you go from there, though? That's always the problem with these expansions is every expansion's upping and upping and upping the stakes, and then eventually you have to come down. <laughs> like, you, ha you have to eventually come back to Earth. So you... uh where, where do you go? Um, and so you come back to earth and, uh, quite literally, um, because now you're battling for Azeroth. And so what they've decided to do is that they've done with all of the Horde and Alliance teaming up to stop the bigger cause. And they're reverting to now we're going back to waging war with the Horde versus the Alliance again. Um, in the Legion expansion, this was probably my least favorite storyline that crossed over into everything. My least favorite zone was watching the war between like Lady Sylvanas and Gilneas. Uh, I just, I'm just bored by it. I don't know. It sucks because I don't, I don't understand how you go from saving the world from, from demonic destruction to, well, you know, so now we're all done with that. Let's just start fighting each other again. And I'm sure they'll talk about it storyline wise. I'm sure it'll make sense. It just, it, it frustrates me, I guess. It's just un, it's it's just not, it's boring to me. Uh, however, with that expansion, um, there's going to be new areas of Azeroth, several uncharted areas of the world that players haven't seen before, with new continents called Tiras and Zandalar. So we've got two new continents, along with several islands that explorers can travel to at their leisure. The expansion features a new level cap of 120, along with a series of new dungeons and raids to take part in. So obviously that's all basic stuff. Now they also talked about, um, let's see here, um, the developers are claiming that it's the most ambitious update to the game in some time. So I don't I don't know what that means. Um, but we'll see, because I thought Legion was a pretty big update, but uh, there are other new elements introduced called Island Expeditions, where three players cooperatively take on a rotating assortment of tasks on an island. You'll compete against a group of three controlled by AI or actual players from the opposing faction to be the first to compete uh, to complete everything. World PvP is also changing, with Blizzard planning to remove the PvE slash PvP server distinction. So that is interesting, I will say. that That's something that caught my attention. So it's... Because as it, as it works right now, if you don't play World of Warcraft, you either join a PvE server or a PvP server. So a PvE server means you can't get killed by Alliance in the real world or by Horde, whatever the opposite team is. You can't get killed in the real world unless you flag yourself for PvP. The difference on a PvP server is there are certain zones that you are you can be ganked by anybody. So I could be level 20 running around a zone, and if it's a PvP zone, a level 100 could come down and just kill me in one hit. And then he could sit on my body all day. And that's what you deal with. Now, when I started playing World of Warcraft, I picked a PvP server on purpose because I wanted that challenge. Because it was so much fun in the beginning where, like, you'd be fighting and then someone would try to fight you. So you had to, like, think on your feet and you had to fight the enemy you were fighting with. Then maybe you were a rogue and you vanished and then you cheap shot him and you fight. You know, I liked it. I actually thought it was really, really cool part of the game. Um, I When I started, we played Horde and Horde was outnumbered on our server about three or four to one. And so when, when you would get ganked, you'd often get ganked like three on one. So yeah, you die a lot and it sucked. But then when someone picked a fight with you one-on-one, -on -one, you typically would just beat their ass. And so it was kind of fun. Like I, I'd make the joke that I was forged in the fires of a PVP server, but like I, I grew up into that game playing that way. So then when I would get into PVP fights, I felt like I was better at them, which is awesome. Cause obviously the more practice you have, the better you get at that stuff. So anyway, I thought that was super cool. Um, uh, I always liked PVP. The idea of them taking out, the idea of them taking out the distinction between the two, though, while I find it interesting, I think that could upset a lot of people. People play on PVE because they don't want to have that feeling of terror where people can come over their shoulder, um, and and just kill them whenever they want, and that that could open up a whole new set of griefing. Um, unless maybe what now this would be cool, and I, they haven't said this, but what if they implemented some sort of bounty system? So say you're killing people and you initiate the attack, maybe bounties start raising on your head. You can go to a bounty board and see who the alliance is, and maybe after they kill so many people, you can actively track them on the map. How cool would that be? And then you basically form a party and you hunt them down and kill them. That sort of stuff is cool to me because you could play the whole game as like a bounty hunter, getting money off of just doing bounties on people that are ganking. And me, I would probably run around ganking people and then try to enjoy the fact that they were looking for me. You know, I think that'd be super cool. Um, and then let people kind of chase you around and, and stuff like that. I don't know how that would work if that's what they're doing, but that's, that's what they were, you know, they're talking about just removing the, 
the server distinction, which is very interesting. Uh, there will also be new allied races, uh, which you work to bring to your faction. So you'll be basically fighting over Nightborn, High Mountain Tauren, the Zandalari Trolls for Horde, Void Elves, Lightforge Draenei, and Dark Iron Dwarves for Alliance. Uh, you can also unlock the ability to play as that race, uh, and doing so will let you start off at level 20. So that's cool. I mean, obviously, they don't. <laughs> this is a different type of expansion. So, uh, like, there, Legion was a different type of expansion. You know, it was it was progressing through an area you know, progressing through a story and whatever. This one is more about like, they're just, they're taking a different spin on it. We're back home, but now we're, we're recruiting. We have less, less like content. So we're adding content as far as you can now play different characters, different people customizing everything, which I think is super cool. Um, because once you get to play as that race, you're going to basically, what I like about this is they're, they're opening up, they're breaking open the doors on races and stuff. So now you're going to have a lot of variety in your characters, which I always felt like, wow, was kind of missing. Never had a ton of customization options. Like everyone always kind of looked the same. Obviously, it helped when they started doing the, the, um, the the armor changing. Uh, so that when you could do that, you could customize your guy to look how you wanted to instead of everyone always having the best armor looking the same. Uh, so that was good. Um, but this so this is just a really good for customization and for uniqueness. So I, I like that. Um, apparently, they also announced that the the way Legion did level scaling, which it level scaled you. Like characters leveled up according to you. So if you were level like level 110 in a zone or 105, you would go around somewhere and all the characters were your level, no matter what zone you went to. They're actually expanding that to the entire game. So now everywhere, like I guess if you start a new character, you could go all the way to Eastern Plaguelands and start doing quests out there as a low level guy. And you could just basically go and play and level up wherever you want. So I like it if it's, I love the idea. I hope it's implemented properly. Um, and then lastly, it, when it came to World of Warcraft, this was this was a big surprise. A new expansion wasn't a big surprise. We all knew that was coming. But this was super cool. So this, um, they are, they announced officially that they are doing a classic, classic servers for World of Warcraft. Now we still don't have many details at all on this mess. But they announced that they're going to be doing classic servers. And they start off by showing a trailer of all the previous cinematics from all, or, or like a, a clips of cinematics from all the expansions going in reverse. And it went back to the game. So uh, World of Warcraft Classic lets you play without expansions. So this is something that we've been talking about on this podcast for probably almost a year, where Blizzard, uh, there were some private servers that people set up where they had set it up where the game was played just like it was day one. And Blizzard uh, shut them down, and then they kind of repopped up again, and they were actually in talks with Blizzard. So they actually invited them to Activision Blizzard's headquarters, and they wanted to sit down with these guys that hosted these classic servers to try to understand what was happening. And, and obviously, it was okay for Blizzard to try to shut them down, but you could tell that there was a want for something like this. Like There were thousands of people playing on these servers, so if you announce it and reveal it, it's possible to bring people back. So I love the idea. But there's a whole lot of questions about it, and they really didn't go into much detail at all. So they announced it. They talked about it. They haven't said how they're going to implement it. So right away, I thought it was going to be something like, oh, uh, it'll just be a new server. You'll just make a character on a server, and they'll be called Classic Servers, and it'll have content and patches and all that sort of stuff tweaked for that specific whatever. Uh, but they haven't even said that yet. They said it might be something you can take a character to from your game and take them back to the game or something. I'm like, ah, I just think it should be a, a set of servers that are classic and old and just let people join them. That's what I think they should do. Um, but then they also talked about how they don't know if they're going to charge for it or if it's going to be free or what. They're like, oh, we're still talking about it. So while they announced it, and it's very cool, they haven't really delved into the details much. So I'm very curious to kind of see how they're going to work all this stuff out. Because if they haven't figured that out yet, like, personally, I think this should just be part of World of Warcraft. I think when you make a character, you should pick what server you want to play on. And you pick that server. And then you make a new character on that server based on the rules that are based on that server. And so if you could have different server rules, I think that'd be awesome. Which you do right now. You have PvP and PvE. So why can't you, you know, have a server where this server doesn't have any expansions on it? seems like it makes sense to me. Uh, however, <laughs> then uh, a part of me almost thinks that this is like them just hitting the reset button 
So say that they do classic servers, right? Well, then what are they going to do after six months of people playing on it and they get geared out and then they start doing molten core and people start beating molten core again. And you're like, okay, so now what we want more content. So they're going to make, are they going to make classic servers that go up to burning crusade then? Then are they going to make classic servers that go up to Wrath? And then, and then they're going to do classic servers that go all the way to Mr. Pandaria? And then it's like, well, where does it stop? Are we actually going to, is this a classic server anymore? Or did you just want to reboot the game? I, you know, it, there's a whole bunch of questions. So until we know more details, we can't really say much. But I will say this. I love the idea. And again, like a lot of things Blizzard, the idea is great. And usually they hit home on these ideas. And they usually don't, what I want to say, like they usually don't screw up those ideas. They're usually pretty good about that. And lastly then, so that's kind of the news stories I want to talk about. And then I wanted to get into the Extra Life stream from the weekend. So there's some good, some bad, and some ugly. And we'll just kind of go into it, kind of my whole experience with everything. So if you don't know, uh, there's a there's a website out there called Extra Life. And what they do is they help coordinate and organize charity streams for, uh, for, for any charity you would like to give to. But it's mostly to do with uh, kids' charities. Uh, I donated to the Children's Hospital of Wisconsin. And uh, you get to pick where you go. Any money donated to the website, because it actually donates. They have, they have a website set up where basically you have a page, and then people can come to my page, donate in my name. Uh, well, in their name, but it donates to my goal. I had set up a goal of $2,000, uh, and that's what the money I was trying to raise. And they don't take any of the money from that. So any money that you donate, you can. You have the option when you donate. Like when you donate 25 bucks, you can donate to them and say, hey, would you like to pay the cost of the maintenance of this donation? And it's like another $2 or something. So you could pay $27 and then Extra Life wouldn't be out that money. But they don't require you to. And they don't take a cut of anything, which is really interesting. So uh, it's it's a great site. And then what they do is they organize. Like they, you can do this any time of the year you want. But they organize like ev- like the first week of the first Saturday of every November, every November, they do like an organized 24 hour live stream event. And they try to get everyone together on one day to do like a huge, huge event. So I try to take partake in it. I did my first one two years ago and I did a 12 hour stream last year. I wasn't able to. I had something going on. I was I was somewhere or I had something going on. And I couldn't do it, which really bummed me out. And then this year I decided to do it again. But this year I was actually going to do the full 24 hours, which I did. Uh, and so I was pretty happy about it. Actually, we, we set our goal at $2,000 and we finished at $2,240. So we beat our goal by 240 bucks by about 10%. Um, and all that money is going to the children's hospital of Wisconsin. That makes me very, very proud. Um, and obviously I'm very grateful for everybody who donated. Uh, it was a little tough in the beginning because I started the event a couple weeks before and no one was really donating. Um, I kicked in the first hundred uh, then my mom kicked in a hundred <laughs> and my sister and my brother, like my family kicked in a majority of the money. And, and then, uh, a big chunk of the money came because we did a sale last Saturday and we gave 10% of our profit, uh, excuse me, 10% of our total sales. We did that day. We donated to the charity as well. So if you take out that and you take out me and my family's donations, our numbers aren't quite as impressive, but it is what it is. I'm not complaining about it. It just, it was tough. It almost felt like pulling teeth to try to get people to donate. Uh, we did, uh, and uh as i said last podcast uh, jen and i got married last uh, a week a week and a half ago now and so we had leftover candy bars from that so our wedding gift to everybody who attended was a saruji's chocolate bar and then we wrapped it in like a custom wrapper that had like cute movie quotes and other cutesy fun stuff on it and uh, so we had a bunch of those left over. Either people didn't take them from the wedding. Technically, we made a mistake. And when I went to Saruji's to buy them, I bought them. Well, it was a buy two, get one free sale. So I got a good deal anyway. But I bought the number of people we invited, not the number of people <laughs> that actually came to the wedding. So we had about 100 extra candy bars after the wedding and everything was over. So I took those to the store and uh, sold them uh, for a buck a piece. And then we gave all that money to the children's hospital as well. So we used that as another way to raise funds and stuff, you know, a way to get people you know, motivated to, to, to buy stuff. And, uh, so, um, we had a money can on the counter and on Thursday, cause I worked Wednesday, Thursday, Friday before the stream on Thursday, we sold, that was the first day I put the candy bars out. We sold a lot. And then we had some people just donating money cause they're cool. And we had $102, uh, that first night. So I took all the money out of the can. It was great. Well, then Friday came and Friday was a, a busy day. I had to run some errands. I went to the bank, had to do something. I come back. Dave was working with me. And uh, all of a sudden, someone goes, oh, I want to buy a candy bar. And they go to put their money in the can. And they look around. They're like, oh, where, where do I put the money? And Dave's like, uh, 
And he looks at me, he's like, Greg, did you, where's the can? I'm like, uh, I don't know, where, where's the can? So I kid you not, someone literally stole our can of money that we were raising money for sick kids. And that's, and that's the ugly part of this, of this whole thing. And I, I could not believe it. I could not believe that someone would steal a can of money off a counter that was for a charity. I, I, I'm floored by that. Um, and I, I, I really, even now I'm, I, I just can't believe that it happened and that, and that we had to deal with it, you know? Uh, so that happened. Thankfully I'd emptied it the day before. So we only lost maybe 25 or $30 might've been in there. I'm not quite sure. Not, not a whole lot, but enough to still piss me off quite frankly. And, you know, we told the story to a f- quite a few people, you know, because it was really bumming us out that day. Dave and I both felt like failures, you know, like we felt like we let kids down and we felt like we screwed up, you know, and nothing makes you feel worse than that. Uh, especially when it's trying to raise money for a good cause, you know, and, uh, and thankfully everyone came together and this is the good part about it, but everyone came together and was like, well, here, and this good kid, Cameron, I don't know if he listens to the podcast, but he does Cameron. I really appreciate what you did that day. It made me feel much better alongside with helping, but he just threw in 20 bucks and was like, well, here, this will help towards refilling that can. And I, I was just like, man, that's, uh, I don't know that, that just, it reminded me that even though there's one bad apple and one, one piece of human garbage, that would do something like that. There are many, many more that would do the right thing and do the thing that, uh, that, you know, do, do a good thing that would easily correct that. And while you always remember the crappy people, you should remember the good people that stepped up and took care of it. So Cameron was one, and many other people did too. And I've told that story a couple times and every time I did, I almost felt bad because I felt like I was guilting people, but, uh, it wasn't guilt by any stretch. And people were like, you know what? That sucks. Let's help out. And we all kicked in to help out. And so we ended up raising more money that way. Um, what we also did to raise some money uh, was at at the wedding, we did, I think I mentioned this last podcast, but if not, at the wedding, we had, uh, you know how while you're having dinner, people clang glasses and then it's, you know, oh, kiss, kiss, kiss. Well, that's really annoying to me. Uh, so what we did was we set up, uh, Jen made a homemade 20-sided die, uh, if you're going to play like Dungeons and Dragons. And it was a big one, you know, like like a, I don't know, like a, I don't even know how you'd say ten times bigger than a normal one. I don't know. It was big enough where like you had to roll it with two hands, and so Jen made one of these. And what you did was you paid a dollar to give it a roll. And if you rolled a fifteen or higher, then Jen and I would kiss. That's how we did it. And then what we did was, um, we we gave all that money to charity. So we had just like a big glass jar for money that people put money in, and and that was great. Uh, and so we raised $118, I think from that. So that was awesome too. So, so we, we had some cool fundraising gimmicks, uh, to, to get some cash in the door and, and get to our goal. Um, and so that was, you know, that was, that was also good. So we had a lot of good things. Like I said, the ugly was that, um, and then, uh, Friday, Thursday, Friday, it was really, uh, I don't want to say a struggle setting up the stream, but I knew I didn't get to prepare myself as much as I wanted to, um, streaming it can be difficult anyway because I worry a lot about quality of of um, stream quality and all that sort of stuff. And I take that stuff very seriously. And having to work 12-hour days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday before the stream didn't leave me a lot of time to sit at home and hang out. Not to mention I'd like to, you know, spend time with my new wife um, because, hey, we're married now and, and I want to – and I love her to death. So I want to spend time with her whenever I can. So – we were going through all that stuff. Uh, I was able to get the setup pretty much where I wanted it to be. And then I started streaming my 24 hour stream at 7 a.m. on Saturday morning. Uh, I started off playing Dark Souls. So I have a friend named Ed uh, in from the UK. And me and him have been talking about playing Dark Souls for a long time. So I have Dark Souls installed. I'm super excited. We get going. And we start to play. And every time he connects to my game, I try to pull him to my game, the game crashes. Every single time I can pull other players in, I can be pulled into other players games. But when he, when I see his sign, I try to pick him up. My game just crashes. Makes no freaking sense. Makes no, we have no idea what happened, but we couldn't play. So then I decided just to buy and download Dark Souls 2 on PC. We get into that game. We start playing that one. We get into a couple games. We help each other out. So that was fun. We actually got to play together, but I spent about five hours playing Dark Souls and Dark Souls 2, which was more than I expected. I wasn't quite expecting to play it that long. Um, and that, and that was really, really fun. And then from Dark Souls, I went into, I, I'm a little, I want to say, 
I think, okay, here, here's what I think happened. I think what it was, was I went into, because for some reason I'm totally blanking out here because it was it's all a blur, honestly. But I, I want to say then Jen and I went into some retro stuff. So then Jen started playing. She played like a half hour of Mario 3, which was super cool. It gave me just a little bit of a break to stand up, walk around, you know, get some lunch, and then but the stream was still going. So that was all good. And then uh, after she was done playing Mario 3, I jumped onto Double Dragon 3, which is a very difficult game. If you've watched the Angry Video Game Nerd, video on it he he talks a lot of trash about it but it's it's very hard game compared to other double dragons you don't get extra lives you don't you get like one continue the whole game like it's brutal compared to double dragon 2 uh but it's always been a favorite of mine i've always enjoyed the game and so i decided to sit down and crank on it and i actually beat it uh, my first try i technically had to continue uh on the egypt stage because i made a mistake and put my characters in a very bad position and then i got knocked into spikes like three times in a row uh with all three of my characters but if you take that out of the equation, then uh, I really just beat it in one sitting. It was about 35 minutes. It was awesome. I was actually quite proud because that game is very difficult, especially the, the end with the mummies and the, and the Marion fight. Like there's, it's, it's really tough. Anyway, so I was really excited. So I beat that. And then after that is when I went into Cuphead. So I started playing Cuphead and I'd already beaten the first two islands. I was on the third island. I really quick cleaned up the last, the last few bosses actually, and uh, went right to the King Dice and he's the second to last boss in that game and his fight is total and utter bull just bull crap it, it is it is the one of the worst fights i've ever done in a boss game it frustrated me immensely and i could not beat him uh, what was happening if, if you haven't seen the, the views or anything i'll just do a quick kind of letdown so it's imagine like a, a card table board that looks kind of like a like a craps board and if you don't know what craps is it's fine <laughs> Just, just, okay, think roulette. We'll say roulette. Like, think of a half a roulette board. And every number is a different thing. So you have to roll a die. You get a one, two, or a three. You you choose when the die stops. So you can control where you're moving on the board, if you're good enough anyway. And um, you have, and basically it's a boss rush where you have to fight at least, I think, three or four bosses. Um, now, all the bosses there are typically one phase, and they're pretty one-note, one-trick ponies. So once you get the boss down, they're not overly difficult, but you have to fight them. After you beat all of them, you get to the end of the board, almost like Mario Party, I guess. You get to the end of the board, and you have to fight uh, dice. And so when you fight him, though, he does this weird thing, like we call it the, uh, the card parade, where he puts his hand down, and just all these full-size cards are walking at you, marching, and you can barely jump over them. You barely have enough to get over them. And, uh, I was struggling because I didn't realize what my problem was. My problem was that when you parry, cause you can jump and you can jump and parry in cuphead and you can parry off of things that are pink. And so I, I would see a pink item and I would parry off of it. And I was like, but I can't get to the next pink card without hitting the other cards. I kept getting hit all the time. And I didn't realize you could parry the same card. That was what wasn't clicking in my brain the first time I played it. So I was trying and I would, so I would fight bosses for 20 minutes, get to him and die in five seconds. It was so frustrating. And then when you die, you have to go all the way back to the beginning of the board and start over again. So you have to go through 20 minutes of bosses just to fight him. It was just total, total bull crap. And so I, I tried to maybe, maybe 20 or 30 times and I was like, I'm, I can't do it. And so I, I gave up on Cuphead. I didn't finish it. I really wanted to finish it on the stream and I gave up on it. And then a friend of mine had just come on and we were going to play some uh, PUBG. So we were playing some Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, which I knew I was going to play a lot that night. Like I wanted to carry me through a good chunk of the night. And we played from, I think, it must have been eight or nine o'clock until three or four in the morning. Like we played six or seven hours of PUBG and it was awesome. Like we had some, we, we won a couple games, which was great. Uh, my buddy Luke had just an incredible headshot to win a game. Like it, it was unbelievable. Like, it, it was it was a one in a million shot. It was awesome. And then uh, we won a couple other games. And then we had what I believe to be the most incredible car crash I've ever seen in that game. <laughs> so I had already died, sadly. And I was watching Luke. Uh, it was Luke, Ryan, and Cole were the other three people I was playing with. And they were all still alive. And the circle was closing in. So Cole already started working his way down the mountain because he wanted to get out of this. He wanted to be in the circle. And so Luke and Ryan are, are looting some stuff and dinking around a little bit. And, and they so they start to go. And all of a sudden we see the, the video clip's great. You should really watch it if you can. Um, and 
Cole all of a sudden takes like a bunch of damage and everyone's like, Oh God, what's happening? Like, did you get shot at? He's like, no, I was trying to shimmy down the mountain and, and I took some damage. And of course they're Luke and Ryan are making fun of him. And so Luke gets in the car and he goes to drive down this cliff and he drives off. He drives over like a little hill and all of a sudden the car just tips sideways and it's on its side and then flips over on its top and then goes off another little cliff and somehow flips back onto its wheels in midair and just perfectly in stride lands on the ground and he keeps driving. It is it is hilarious, right? So we're all laughing and I'm like I'm like losing my mind laughing and it's of course early morning so I'm like wacky and giddy and I've been playing video games at this point for about 16 hours. 17 hours and, and i'm just like i'm like giggling almost at how ridiculous it is and, and luke uh luke makes the best comment he says because he's the one driving and he says oh ye of little faith <laughs> and so and he keeps driving and he goes off the next little cliff and somehow he hits a little bump in the road and it flips the car over and as soon as he hits the ground down a hill it just starts w- s- spiraling i'm talking 360 360 360 360 360 360 Oh my, and it just, I just lose my mind. Like my face turns red because I'm like dying of laughter and it was the greatest thing. And then they die in that car crash. And of course, Cole wasn't in the car because he'd walked down the mountain and he saw the whole thing. <laughs> just what this car just freaking. And to me, it was, it was hilarious. I've never seen a car spin that many times. I've never seen anything like that, but it was just incredible. Um, so, uh, what was cool though, also, um, was all of a sudden we were playing and we we had a steady probably 20 to 30 viewers all day nothing crazy but 20 to 30 viewers all day and having fun with it everything's going good and all of a sudden you know we're getting down maybe 10 or 15 people watching and then it's about three two two in the morning maybe two thirty in the morning and all of a sudden 300 people in the chat and i'm like what like my view count goes my my viewers goes from 20 to 300 and i'm like oh my god and then chat just fills uh, it's every other word is crap battle. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And at first I was like, Oh God, please tell me that like, there's not some troll brigade out there. Who's like going into people's streams that are doing extra life streams and just trolling them and, and trying to crash their streams and like infect it. Like, please, please, please tell me that's not happening. Not with like three hours left. Like I'm almost through this gaming marathon. Please not now. Um, but what happened was this is actually was one of the best things was my good friend Jared, who if you watch YouTube, he's he's pro Jared. Um, he's a he's a real life good friend of mine. And earlier in the day, I had asked him if he would just retweet out uh, my extra life stream, just to try to help me get some viewers, maybe a couple donations. It was for the kids, you know. I'm um, Jared's very protective of his brand, and rightfully so. You know, he just doesn't want to share and and tweet out anything that is anything, you know. And so I don't often ask that because I I want to make it on my own too. I don't I don't want I don't want to be helped you know, everywhere. But since it was for charity and stuff, I asked him to, and he did, and he retweeted out and he even donated $25, which was incredible. And then all of a sudden that, you know, this happens at three in the morning. And what happened was Jared hosted my channel on his channel on Twitch. So if you don't, if you're not familiar with how that works, basically his channel, he hosts me. And when he hosts me, his chat becomes my chat. His viewers become my viewers. So they were all still in pro Jared's room. They thought they were watching because Jared basically said he was done with his stream. So he he left the stream. And then he, before he went to bed, he hosted mine. And it was incredible because I got a whole bunch of viewers. I got some extra donations at the end because of that. And it, it just made me feel so good. Um, and it was so cool because there were all these new people in. And a lot of those people have talked to me before because I would do streams with Jared doing monster hunter and other stuff like that. So they kind of knew who I was and they came in and a few of them joined me. Um, and so they watched me, uh, finish up my rounds of PUBG. Then, uh, I decided, you know what? It's, it's early morning. I shouldn't be doing this. I've got, I've got my third can of surgeon. I'm jittery, but let's do it. I'm like, let's finish Cuphead. <laughs> so I get back onto Cuphead and I go to King Dash right away. It takes me a few times to get like eased back into things, doing the boss fights, fight him. Then it finally clicks with the jumping on the cards. For whatever reason, I must have accidentally double double hit a card and I was like, oh, oh, oh. So then I understood what I had to do. The problem with when I was fighting him before was I wasn't understanding what the trick was and it was killing me. So then I, and I just, it wasn't clicking. So finally it clicked and I started doing it. Now it took me maybe three or four more times to actually get the timing down. And then boom, I kicked his ass, moved on from dice, last fight of the game, the devil go to fight him. I think I died on him maybe 10 to 15 times, but then for the most part, I mean, he was way easier than dice was. So, uh, I, I fought him, learned his patterns, get to the second phase, get to the third phase. And then it was over and, and I beat the game. So on stream, I got to finish cuphead, which was a, which was a big deal for me. I really wanted to finish that. Uh, that was awesome, but I had about 
an hour and a half left after I did that. And I'm like, damn it, what am I going to do? And there was about 100 people in chat still at that point because people fall off, you know, and a lot of people put their streams on and then go to bed, you know, as a way to just give people views and stuff, which is still great. But I was looking around going, man, what should I play? What should I play? And then uh, I looked at my shelf and I was like, you know what? I'll play Zelda 2. I don't know why I picked it because I asked the chat and I was like, do you guys want to see something retro? And I kind of showed him my game collection and one guy was like, oh, play Dragon Warrior. I'm like, oh, Dragon Warrior is too slow. I'll fall asleep. Uh, and someone was like, oh, play, um, you know, play Zelda 2. I was like, all right, I'll play Zelda 2. So I popped it in and then I, I spent that hour and a half actually chatting with people on the stream and doing shout outs and stuff and it's playing casually. I, I beat the first palace, got the candle, beat the second palace, got the, the Titan glove or whatever, and then got the hammer after going south through the mountain pass, got the hammer, and then that's where I quit. But it was cool because it carried me. Now, what's really funny is I, I didn't realize this until the day before the stream, but it was uh, daylight savings time over the weekend. So if I went from 7 a.m. to 7 a.m., then unfortunately I would have actually done a 25-hour stream. And not that there's anything wrong with that. And I probably could have made it. Quite quite honestly, another hour at that point wouldn't have been a, any big deal. But so 6 a.m. came, which was my 24 hours, and I was uh, I was like, okay, that's it. You know, we're done. And uh, and I, I gave one final shout out to everybody. I, I finished up some chat and then I went to bed and I, I, I crawled into bed around probably seven o'clock, I think was probably about the time I, I fell asleep and I woke up at 11 <laughs> and I and I felt good. I woke up at 11. I was like, I feel good. I, I woke up naturally, uh, didn't have an alarm or anything. And I actually woke up before Jen, which is hilarious because she went to bed at like one or two in the morning. So I woke up before her was back on my phone, thanking everybody, checking donations and stuff. And then, uh, just kind of chilled out, went over some of the stuff. I, I scrubbed out a few videos, uh, based on the extra live stream. Like I, I put up my, the crazy car crash. I put up the, um, the, uh, the double dragon three finish and I put up the finishing Cuphead. So I put all that up there, uh, as separate videos. And then I just chilled out the rest of the day and watched some football and then played some South park and actually, which you'd think you wouldn't want to play video games after playing video games for 24 hours. But uh, I, I got to play games casually without having an audience and, and it was actually really fun. So I did that and it was great. That was it. That was, that was the end of the 24 hour live stream and it was incredible. And we had people donate. Like one guy was, uh, named Zeph from Germany. He donated, uh, he, he's, he was great. He just showed up and was like, Hey, you don't know me. I'm from Germany. He's like, but <laughs> even when he went to bed the first time, he was like, yeah, it's like 3am here. I got to go. <laughs> and that was, I think at like midnight or something. No, no, it would have been way way later than that. Uh, in fact, what's funny is, uh, the guy I started playing games with Ed, he logged back in like at like, cause he's from the UK. So I think they're like seven hours ahead of us. And he logged in again for me. It was Sunday morning for him. It was Sunday afternoon. He logged in again. was like, Oh, Hey, you're still going. I'm like, I'm still here, still doing my thing. And, uh, so he logged in, um, Mr. Dennis, who's a regular customer, Dan Dennis, a uh, really great guy. He, he popped back into the stream that morning too. I was like, Hey, you're still going. Good job. And it was great. Everyone had, uh, Everyone was really great, honestly, um, and it was a lot of fun, and yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what to say. It was um, it was, it was, was so much fun, and I, I would do it. I'm going to absolutely do it again. I want to do a 24-hour every year, but I think what I'll do next year is I'm going to try to build a posse and just do like shifts, you know, and, and do things together, and still, st I'd still stay up for the full 24 hours, but uh, that way, like, just to give me a few breaks here and there, but Jen did a great job with helping with that, and it was, it was awesome, so... Uh, anyway, that was my extra life stream. Uh, that's all I had for you guys today. A couple of new stories, and I just wanted to really blast on the stream. And everyone who's listening to this, anyone that donated, really appreciate it. You can technically still donate if if you want to help out, but you, you missed out over the weekend. Uh, but it, it was awesome. It was it was like I said, it was a, it was an ups and downs kind of week weekend with all that stuff. But it was it was great. Um, I was very very happy with everyone's support and raising that money. La two years ago, I put the goal at two thousand, and I raised like nine hundred. And so while I was like, well, that's not bad. That's still very good. Uh, but this year I wanted to beat that goal and we did. So obviously next year we'll probably set the goal at like 2,500, but it's tough. I don't know, you know, without, cause I'll still have the store doing their sale and all that other sort of stuff, but it's, it's tough, you know, and I, I feel kind of guilty cause I feel like a lot of great people, like my friends and family donate a lot of money. Like my friend, Sean, he couldn't come to my wedding cause he's from uh, East coast, but he basically donated like $287 to put me over the original goal. Like he was the one who put us over the 2000 and that's such a huge chunk of money. And, and I mean, I, I'm so thankful for it, but I, I don't want this to be a guilt trip every year where I just like guilt my friends and family to donating. You know, I want to open it up where I can get everybody to donate a little bit instead of having a few people donate a lot, you know? Uh, but as always, I so appreciate you guys listening. Uh, if, if you only listen to the podcast, if you could um, subscribe to us on YouTube 
and follow us on Twitch. Those are truly the things where we're really going to get active with Twitch coming up here as YouTube is kind of a dumpster fire of trying to make money and be successful with their crazy bots banning and, and demonetizing everything. So, uh, but if you could uh, follow us on Twitch uh, and subscribe to us on YouTube still, because we're still going to do YouTube content, of course, uh, till the end of time, as it's such a big platform. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at drop rate Greg. Just find me on there. I'm always tweeting out funny stuff. Um, and I just so much appreciate everything uh, for you guys listening. And this is always, it's a lot of fun for me. And, and uh, it's been an exhausting weekend uh, and, and an exhausting, well, half a year I guess with the whole wedding and everything so it's almost time to ease back into a regular schedule right as we're about to get into Black Friday um, <laughs> but uh, we'll ease back into a regular schedule we'll go into the holidays and then you know videos will keep coming and then that'll be that so uh, again thank you guys as always uh, and y'all have a great day bye bye <laughs>